Hey guys, welcome back to the Self-Confidence Project. I'm your host, Kimberly Hill, and we're talking about all things life, confidence, relationships, what gets you up in the morning, what doesn't get you up in the morning. That's what we talk about in this podcast. I'm super glad you're here. If you're the first time tuning in, subscribe to my channel, hit the like button, spread the love, and uh, looking forward to getting into another amazing episode with you guys today. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Confidence Project, and I'm very excited to be bringing on a guest and current client, Steve. Steve was born in New England, and he's had a lifelong career as an engineer in the manufacturing space. Uh, He was inspired as the eldest grandson of a machinist and the eldest son of a carpenter, i.e. the apple doesn't fall far from the tree here. He's an avid outdoor enthusiast and creative man that enjoys architecture, photography, and the culinary arts. Uh, He's also a current client of mine who's braving it all to come on the show today and share parts of the rewarding yet also challenging adventure of getting into coaching. So Steve, welcome to the show. How's it all going? Oh, fantastic, Kim. It's really great to be here. Uh, Oh, good. (laughs) Very great pleasure. (laughs) Yep. I'm excited to have you on. We've been chatting for (laughs) for many months now. And I thought a nice place to start today would just be to go a little bit back into the past and, and kind of relive what was really happening in your life when you and I actually embarked on our journey of coaching together. Um, And I think if Mm -hmm. my memory serves me right, you can correct me if I'm wrong. That was back in February, right? That's correct. That's right. Okay. Uh, February of this year. Yeah. So what actually caused you to take the leap of faith and sign up to invest in coaching with me of all people, what was going on? What caused you to take that leap of faith? Well, um, you know, you put it really well. You say, well, what, what was going on in your life back in February, Steve? And, and the real answer to that is absolutely nothing. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And um, so really uh, I, you kind of found me, you have a very um, uh, astute online presence and um, sort of, I had sort of an Instagram presence and uh, somehow uh, we found each other uh, via online, new technology mm-hmm. to me. And, um, and where I was in my life where really uh, not much was going on and I was sort of uh, coming off the tail end of the pandemic sort of isolation. Mm-hmm. And I was braving yet another harsh uh, New England winter. Yeah. And uh, just sort of um, realized that there was some, uh, quite a few things missing in my life um, that I wanted to sort of uh, get back to. Yeah. And so as sort of having uh, met sort of online, um, you, have a really great body of work that I found appealing uh, via your podcast and your YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it was something that kind of the, what planted the seed was the idea that uh, although I do believe in self-reliance, uh, 
Um, I believe also that uh, sometimes some of the best ideas come through uh, sort of uh, uh, two heads can be better than one. Yeah. So yeah. I was just that sort of a place where um, I was just sort of ready to, to open up to new ideas. Mm. So it was right person, right time. Kind of, absolutely. kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I yes. hear that a lot. Okay. I hear that when I do connect with people. It's like sometimes they say to me, "Your timing could not be more perfect." It's like, really? <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really know, but I maybe <laughs> I knew. Who knows? <laughs> I, maybe I, I think on some level it was just uh, meant to be. Yeah, it really does. And uh, once we um, spoke uh, on the phone and uh, kind of. Got a, a got a sort of a, a feel for each other. Uh, it just seemed to fall into place from there. It's a very very natural fit. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way too. And, and I know that so much has transpired in both our lives. In fact, since we yes. you know really connected in February, and I know that you've been dealing with expanding all areas of your life. Call it social life, your habits, your fitness the dating game along with other things. So let me ask you then, because there are so many things that you're doing right now to take ownership of your life, but tell me what is the, out of all of those things that you are doing and looking at and examining and working on and and changing around, what is the biggest and the most challenging one out of all of those things? Oh, perfect question, Kim. And you know me quite well by now is uh, the most challenging was putting myself out there in the dating game again. Mm, yeah. And, um, and from the very beginning, when we first started speaking, um, you sort of uh, planted the seed of sort of, um, sort of uh, the, the beginnings of, I'll say, uh, success in the dating game and, and, and developing long-term relationships in general. And that was, uh, formation of my own identity Mm. and living out my own identity first and foremost. So to give a little insight as to where I was and where I am now, uh, through your help and encouragement and support, um, back in February, I was uh, sitting on my sofa eating potato chips, watching Netflix. And uh, now um, I'm at the gym working out. I'm eating protein-rich health foods, and I'm doing online dating. So I've replaced those old habits with new ones. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with a bit of sofa chilling out and chips and Netflixing, as long as it's not the only outlet we have in our lives, right? Absolutely. Anything in balance and moderation. Absolutely. I still, I will still sit on my sofa and watch Netflix, but it's (laughs) not my, uh, but it's not the top of the list of my day anymore. Good. Uh, you know what? Very I've, exciting. I've got this new appreciation. This is a total like side note, but I have this new appreciation for like men. And I'm going to say men here because I, I don't know many women that have done this, but men that right. like invest in these like amazing, like single person, lazy boy chairs that like recline. And now I totally <laughs> get why I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sitting in one right now as we speak. Uh, oh, no. My... <laughs> yeah. It's got it, to be big enough it, for two. It's, uh, <laughs> yes. Now it's, it is big enough for two, actually. Um, and um, absolutely. It's, it certainly has room for two now. And, uh, 
Yeah. But, so um, let's yeah, dive yeah. into the the more challenging side of things because I feel like that's Definitely. obviously where m- more growth happens. And Definitely. you know, as a man who's how old are you now? You had your birthday a couple of weeks ago. What what are your digits? What yes, are you hit? I I want to personify it without giving it away. Um, oh, right. Proud to say I was born six weeks before the first man landed on the moon. Oh God, you're testing my brain. Good thing I just watched Mankind recently. I don't know, 52? <laughs> you got it. I, uh, <laughs> I'm on my 20th anniversary of my 32nd birthday. Yes, I am Perfect. 52 years old. Thank <laughs> well, you. you know why I ask? Not because I'm like, uh, let's find out your age just for the sake of finding out your age, but it's about, it's about relatability. And Absolutely. I coach people of all ages. In fact, the, 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 eldest man I have coached is 65 and he also was figuring out how to get back out there and and live life and you know enjoy the journey and find someone compatible because it doesn't matter whether you're in your 20s or you're in your 60s the fundamental thing is like most of us are all looking for similar things out of life and you Steve as a man in his young 50s right? Who is getting, (laughs) I love it. You are in the young fifties. Who's getting out there, putting yourself out there and dating again. My question for you, and I think this would be interesting for people as well is like, what do you wish you had known before getting back out there dating? What do you wish you had known? Yes, absolutely. Um, Boy, that's a really great question. I'm really pleased also what you said about uh, sort of uh, success at any age. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess for me, it was sort of the fact that, uh, number one, you could you could start from any point from where you are and uh, build your own self up through sort of self responsibility. Uh, My father always said, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Yep. Um, But what I wish I would have known and what I'm learning now is. the concept of perseverance, Mm. I think. And the reason I mentioned that, Kim, is that to me, it kind of comes in about four different phases. And uh, so first of all is really developing, uh, identifying my identity. Yeah. I kind of wish I would have had a better sense of that in my younger years. Mm. Just really knowing who I am, what I like, and really taking the time for introspection, yeah. which, which then leads into setting some goals and um, for kind of the second phase of that. And then melding into the behavior and actions that really go into uh, sustaining those goals sort of mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So um, yeah, the consistency and the yeah. discipline as well. And, and really, yes, absolutely. And um and what's uh, sort of um, a theme right now is managing those emotional highs and lows uh, while while doing it. Yeah. 100%. So really, yeah, just the determination, um, determination for the sustained behavior and activity towards those goals. And yeah. that's something that's taken me quite a lot of years uh, and experience to sort of wrap my head around. But uh, that's something that you helped me sort of steer towards right away from the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. Well, two thoughts and here. Continue. 
when we talk about like identity, I think there's a misconception out there that like we get to know ourselves better as we get older. And I'm the first one to say, bullshit. We do not get to know ourselves better as we get older. We get to know ourselves better when we choose to get to know ourselves. It's not just something that hits us across the head, right? We have to inquire. We have to turn inwards and ask ourselves questions. And it's like a lot of us don't really ask the question without the constraints of society of like, who do I really want to be? And like, what do I really enjoy doing if, right? The if is, if I didn't give a shit about what other people thought, if I didn't care about what my parents wanted for me, right? Who, this is my life. Who do I want to be? And like, how am I going to create the environment and the actions and the behaviors to actually get there? Right. We're so caught up in like a, I think like siloed tunnel of like what the rest of the world wants for us that we don't ask ourselves what we want for us. Right. Oh, absolutely, Kim. I couldn't agree more. And you said it just right. And, you know, just basically, and I kind of, in my own words, too, to kind of something uh, I had to unlearn. Uh, it, it was a lot about what I had to unlearn in order to learn. Yeah. So in other words, so through upbringing and uh, environment, uh, we were sort of um, handed a script that was somebody else's script Mm -hmm. and and, um you know you kind of what i've had to learn over the years you're right it didn't just come naturally as a function of just getting older um it it was a kind of um uh, for me it was a bunch of trial and error but it was the realization that i had to unlearn some old ideas in order to be receptive to the new ones 100%. 100%. I'm really glad you raised that point because it's not about just compounding more and more and more and more information all the time. In fact, people right. that do that can get very convoluted in their own minds or feel overwhelmed <laughs> by conflicting information. This That's one thing right. saying that, you know, everyone's saying I need to get up at 5 a.m. and have these 100 habits in the morning. And then someone else just says, well, maybe if you're a night person, just enjoy the night times. And you're like, well, which one is it? <laughs> right. You know, it's like, I'm confused. I'm doing both. Now I'm awake for four days straight. So it's like, yeah, it's it's very much like, well, what are the beliefs that we have uh, bought into growing up? Yes. Stemming from our childhood, but also from our adult life. And how did we form those beliefs and are they serving us? And if they're not, what are we doing about them? Are we challenging them? Are we seeking out other perspectives or are we doing this confirmation bias where we believe one thing and then everything we do in life uh, is to, uh, validate that belief. I'll read the stuff that validates that belief. I'll talk to people that validate that belief. Or are you open-minded enough to say, maybe there's another perspective. Why don't I read the opposite? Why don't I talk to someone who disagrees? That's when we actually learn and can see a new perspective that maybe, maybe not, but maybe is going to be more helpful for us. Right. Boy, that's great, Kim, especially in this day and age, too, as well as yeah. um, we, get, we could get caught up in our own ideology quite yeah. easily, and yeah. especially in environment. And, um, you know, along with what you're saying, too, and uh, this is my personal experience about unlearning to learn, is um, uh, the discovery for myself that I, I spent a lot of my years as sort of being a nice guy. Mm. And... Um, you know, through through uh, having more of an open mind with your help, um, 
I, I'm learning to segue, uh, transition from what I'll call a nice guy into what I consider a good man. Yeah, I and, like that. Good man is the right way to put it. Yes. Uh, so uh, the reason I mentioned that is, you know, you're talking about upbringing and sort of getting stuck in our, uh, well, I said, our, our own ideology and, uh, and, and seeking that sort of validation and support from our peer groups or our parents or our family and just going through life sort of seeking that, that validation, mm-hmm. um, which I had spent a great many years doing uh, to actually turn that around and, um, and seek those new ideas and, and, yeah. and, and, and develop the strength and perseverance and determination to sort of introspect and uh, unlearn some of those old behaviors to learn the new ones that will better serve sort of myself and my own needs in a very, in a way that, that falls into a, a good man yeah. versus a nice guy. Yeah, totally. And yeah. And I mean that through benevolent strength as well. Yeah. And you know, you talk about like the seeking validation that just brought something up. Interesting for me is like, I was raised in a, or like raised, raised, (laughs) I went to a private school and it was very drilled into me, like a perfectionism attitude. Like I am saying our, our, the headmaster of that school now (laughs) taught me to underline my titles in red, my subtitles in blue using a ruler uh, and God, I can't yep. remember what the heck green was for. So I like <laughs> developed this like mentality of like, even my notes had to be perfect. Yeah, and right. like private school prepares you for like the possibility of Ivy League or whatever it is. And you think that you have a clear idea of what you need to do so that the school accepts you and your family accepts you and your society accepts you. And if I think about this, there's three pivotal moments for me where I decided not to give a shit about what anyone else wanted and made decisions for myself. And all three of those decisions, I am fairly confident. My dad was like, no, don't do these things. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, But those three were the best decisions I have made that have caused me the most growth and to be most proud of in my life. Well, uh, you know, and just speaking to you, you could see your enthusiasm uh, for what you're doing now. And uh, you bring such a positive energy. Um, It's very encouraging as well. That's that's really well done. And um, yeah, um, boy, you know, you just touched on something else about um, the idea of perfection. And I think uh, for myself, I I get caught up in analysis paralysis and um, yeah, you and many uh, others, including myself you know, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure we all do it to some degree. It makes sense. It seems natural. Um, but um, you know, another thing in unlearning was that um, you encouraged me right from the beginning to just uh, be myself. And I'll say in the concept of dating again, was that um, I was, I was, I was actually waiting until, uh, I don't know, I got in better shape or had more money, you know, sort of an old idea that mm-hmm. I had to be perfect to put myself out there. Yeah. And uh, experience now over the last few months has shown me that that's not the case. I am a work in progress. And guess what? Everyone that, you meet is also that, a work in progress. That is correct. So that if you waited perfect. until you were perfect and so did everyone else, <laughs> nobody would be dating. No, that's right. So, you'd be like, you'd be on Tinder and it'd be like, 
one <laughs> new profile every seven years or something. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, um, and that, and, you know, and, uh, and my experience now with, uh, with getting out there and meeting new women and dating is, is just that. Uh, we yeah. were all sort of in the same boat, uh, so to speak, when it comes to uh, not being perfect yeah. and working on our own. Uh, idea of self and uh, and I think that's very really I think it's super important to talk about too like as people listen to this episode and they go yeah like I'm thinking about getting back out there dating or you know right. my friends dated and it just seemed to be so easy for them or or yeah. I know people yeah. that have nightmare situations like <laughs> maybe it would be interesting to unpack just for a minute like your journey sure. to getting back out there and what it's been like for you. And it's been ups and downs. There've been some yeah. real highs. There've been some real wins there. And there's also been some yeah. really tough moments too. So maybe yes. just, you know, walk me through, like if you were kind of summarizing what it's been like for you, what have been the good parts and what have been like the really scary, scary, stressful parts? Right. Thank you. Uh, I think the good part was just uh, from the very beginning, just the introspection and the challenge of just getting to know myself. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a nice exercise. It was a great exercise for me to uh, put together that very first online profile. Yeah. And uh, finding my best uh, pictures and then maybe taking a few new ones and, and really just summarizing who I am, what I like, what my values are, what I have to offer. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so it began there and um and then posting it and then, um, you know, really not, uh, I don't know how to say it, just uh, not getting a heck of a lot of response uh, mm -hmm. to my efforts. I would kind of go through and find some interesting women uh, and, and, and maybe uh, like a few and then uh, start uh, crafting a few messages and just putting it out there. And, and in the beginning, and I fall back to, sort of the dedication to perseverance mm -hmm. because in the very beginning it could be very disheartening uh sort of maybe through a lack of response or lack of enthusiasm so be it and um so it kind of went in phases and but through perseverance i'm like well i took the attitude that it's really about self-growth self-improvement it has to come from within first mm -hmm. and i just sort of worked on the uh the pictures i took a few down, added a few up, uh, and uh, worked on sort of my communication skills. Yeah. Uh, it went from uh, hi there to, uh, you know, um, I notice you enjoy coffee. Would you like to try a Starbucks sometime? I don't know, something something pertinent. It's sort of an evolution. Of That's messages. a great example, because you're saying, I, I notice something about you, i.e. you're picking out something that they like, and then you're commenting on it, which is a great way to start a conversation just by the way. Yes. Well, thank you. And it, um, it, again, it's sort of a, a personal growth journey, really. Mm -hmm. um, so to kind of get to uh, more of it. Um, so anyway, through, uh, through honing that skill, uh, communication, my profile, what I'm putting out there, I started to get some positive responses. And I started mm -hmm. getting some nice messaging. And I started getting some chatting. And, uh, and I found it was with uh, high quality women that uh, really, uh, as you say, were sort of works in progress as it turned out as, as well as I am. Yeah. 
So, so it was encouraging to break that ice and get to sort of that, I'll call it level mm. um, of engagement. And, and that later, yeah, go and, ahead. And you also, I think this was for the first time, but yeah. being someone who, uh, for those that are listening and are like fascinated by attachment styles, you'd be a little bit more on the anxious attachment style. And so you, yeah. you kind of, we've talked about not just focusing on one person, but like opening yourself up to the possibility of dating a couple of women. And I remember that that's <laughs> what transpired for you, which was a whole new hurdle yeah. to deal with. Like, okay, now I'm actually going on dates with a couple of different women. Uh, now what? Right. So <laughs> walk yeah, me through like right, a, a little bit of that experience because you know, I think it's really important to know. And I think a lot of men think like, oh, if I date more than one woman, like that's sleazy or it's not appropriate, but that's, that's crap. Like you don't need to be sleeping with all of them on the first date. You need to be spending time to get to know people because you also get to choose. So just walk me through what that was like for you. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. First and foremost is the, uh, the notion, uh, kind of unlearning the idea of the soulmate that we've sort of been conditioned to believe in through film and, you know, just sort of movies that Mm -hmm. that kind of promote the idea that there's one soulmate for us and uh, letting go of that idea that there's hundreds and thousands of soulmates, potential uh, people that we can date and get to know and, and fall in love and form relationships with. Yeah. So letting go of that idea of the soulmate was really key. And, um, but uh, yeah, that's right. It is uh, sort of uh, the communication progressed and the messaging. Uh, I started to get some uh, uh, phone numbers and telephone conversations and it led to us booking uh, several dates within a one or two week span. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of funny because uh, you helped me address the fact that so one of the um, one of the things that one of the values I feel I have to offer is authenticity and being genuine. Yeah. So so, you know, uh, so double or triple booking dates within a one or two week period for me was um, also my attachment style tends to be somewhat anxious Mm. Uh, just sort of getting on top of that anxiety. And uh, what helped me get through that is um, sort of our right to privacy as well. Yeah. Um, There's a balance between honesty and privacy. Yeah. And I found that, um, that really we're all in the same boat. Uh, I think also women uh, that are dating as well, uh, are, are entertaining several options at the same time as well. Mm-hmm. And as you suggested, you know, we're not all looking to be intimate in the first date. So it's perfectly well within bounds to, to have a few meet and greets. 100%, um, right? And, like, and really get out there. Yes. Dipping your toes in the water. It's like, I think right. a lot of people, they'll match with one person and then like they'll just right. kind of give up completely on meeting others or pursuing any Mm -hmm. other opportunities. And I have to raise my hand and say like, that actually is my, one of my downfalls in the past too. (laughs) Like I would meet a man and he'd show interest in me. And it was like, all bets are off. Like I'm, I'm going, if I, if I was interested in him, like I would, I wouldn't date anyone else or entertain anyone else. I would just dive head first, give like 110% (laughs) of myself. And look, they ended up being a couple of year relationships. The men were amazing. We, you know, we had a decent relationship, but then I realized like, 
I actually don't even know that much about the person because I kind of jumped in without giving myself the time to really genuinely get to know them and decide whether or not they were the right person for me. I just assume because they were interested in me. Oh, they like me. Hell yeah. I'm in. <laughs> you know, that, that's precisely where I'm at now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's, um, and I think part of it is, um, the, the very fact of the sheer effort it's actually been sort of to to actually um, to actually to, to have a date materialize versus the amount of messages to send out versus mm-hmm. the amount of dialogues to have versus the amount of uh, that I found personally at least anyway yeah. but um, you know uh, but again it boils back down to the perseverance and um, you know and something else uh, you know, uh, your organization, the self-confidence project is very perfectly named mm. because especially being in the realm of relationships, because it really, I'm finding that in finding my own identity first and foremost to, um, to, ha- to build that self-confidence is, is sort of the cornerstone of finding and developing that relationship. 100%. So really having a relationship with ourselves first and foremost and putting ourselves in a position of strength. And as you suggested, probably, you know, really, really getting to know if that person really, really would be there long term. Yeah. So, and that's where I'm at right now, really. Yeah. And it takes time um, to figure that out, right? And it takes yeah. experiences. And it, you're absolutely right. It takes effort and perseverance. And it's those that, you know, come across a hurdle and they give up right away. Well, those are the ones that don't end up getting the relationships they want. And and we talk about like relationship with oneself. I think that it's a beautiful way to phrase it, but I think a lot of people are like, what the fuck does that mean? What does having a relationship with myself mean? And so, you know, it does. It's like, uh, okay, like, uh, what am I going to just like have a conversation with myself in the mirror? Actually. Yeah, probably (laughs) if you're as crazy as I am, but yeah, it's learning what that actually means, defining it for yourself. Uh, and that maybe that's something that gets explored in coaching, maybe another way, but it's like, what does that actually mean? How do I learn to have a healthy relationship with myself first and foremost? That's where it starts. Then it can expand out to other people. So I'm curious, Steve, like, as we kind of wind down here, I, I, for the listeners that are like following your experience and probably like nodding up and down, relating to a lot of what you're saying here, including myself, what mm. would you say to other men that are in their late forties that are in their fifties, maybe even their sixties, what would you say to them, uh, who are on the fence about investing in their own self-development or investing in coaching? Mm. What would you say? Uh, I would say two heads are better than one, um, and it's never too late. Mm-hmm. I would say that um, is sometimes it takes that extra voice to uh, find your own voice. Yeah, I would say sometimes unlearning what you have already learned might be the key to getting to where you want to be. Yeah, um, I would say for me, um, I'd say for me that. Um, this experience was something that it was unlikely to get me anywhere near the results that I'm getting already uh, in such an incredible sort of short amount of time. So uh, I think. um, And that's a testament to you though, because you're the one doing the work. uh, 
thank you. Um, Welcome. You brought out my best and uh, <laughs> knew I was in there somewhere and you helped me find it. Yeah. So I, I, I would say, I, I, I would say investing in oneself is one of the best investments one could ever make. Yeah. And, and whether that is coaching or whether it is a form of therapy or whether it is a course or anything, it's like, just do it because I guarantee, yeah. I pretty much guarantee you won't regret all of it. You might regret parts of it. I've made investments and I've looked back and been like, yeah. ah, maybe it wasn't the best <laughs> idea, but Hey, what did I learn? Oh yeah. All of this. Right. So there's always That's something right. to reflect back on and say, like, I've, I've poured, I think at one point I poured close to $20,000 in coaching and yeah. uh, right. honestly kind of had big expectations for big money and ended up feeling like I got a $4,000 result. It's weird, but you know what, <laughs> yeah. when I look back right. on it, am I still where I want to be in life? Yeah. Am I probably further along Absolutely. because of that experience? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it definitely doesn't always take $20,000, but that was just one of my experiences where I look back and go like, yeah, you know what? I mean, the end of the day, it, it was worth it because it was for me, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, just from my personal experience, I'm not somebody with endless bottomless means either. Yeah. And it, it, I truly had to kind of dig deep and make some tough decisions. And, um, and found full well that uh, if I wanted something uh, sort of bad enough or in a good way, that um, it was worth the sort of sacrifices to make these investments. Yeah, I hear That's you. been my personal experience. Point. Yeah. So incredibly enriching. Um, well, you know me, I, I bought a Harley a bunch of years ago, and I thought mm -hmm. that was sort of an investment as well. And it was, it was fun, but uh, this, this one is so far more enriching. And, well, um, I appreciate that. For a lifetime. As someone who likes to ride on the back of her partner's Harley. Amen. <laughs> hey, well, hey, I, I gotta learn to take the handles myself, but it's a it's a big ass oh, bike. It's too heavy for me right now, but <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. hey, it's uh, you're enjoying the journey. I sure am. Well, thank you so much for coming on, for just being so candid and so honest and just like speaking from the heart and knowing that you're coming into a, a kind of a conversation with me that is like not scripted. You don't know any of the things I'm going to be asking you um, and you don't know whether things are going to trigger you or not. So I just genuinely appreciate your willingness and openness and like the humor there of coming on and, and genuinely appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. If you're interested to, to reach out to myself or to Steve, uh, there'll be some links uh, in the uh, description of the podcast for you to do that. Wishing you guys all an amazing day uh, and we'll catch you next week. Ciao.